Good afternoon, Adam. How are you today? Fantastic, Jack. How about yourself? Also, sun is out again. What's happening? Is this Cleveland or you know, am I sleeping somewhere? Probably homeless. Homeless in all these cities they show on TV now. The San Francisco is a ruined city. Portland, New York, LA. Let me know, sun, let me know sunshine in there, Jack. Uh, sun is shining in Cleveland, and Cleveland is coming coming around to be the best place to live in the country. You know that? Best location in the nation. That's what it was known as years ago. It's coming right back around, Jack. Very true. Within 500 miles, you had, what, 60% or better of the population of the country. That's some doing. Most people don't know that, unless you're an old-timer. And even then, they don't know it, so... <laughs> anyway, who wants everyone moving in who are used to high high taxes and and high real estate and why? Right. So, please just like, like you know whatever. Anyway, welcome, welcome listeners. Uh, my name is Jack Mancini, and this is Adam Sunhalter. I say this. I'm looking at my partner. He's right across from me. We've been partners in this business for over 20 years. And this business is defined as helping small business owners get through the muddle of, of trying to ask answer questions that they have about their business on a daily basis. How do I do all these things necessary to succeed in business? So we have the answers, honest to God. And if, if uh, you become one of our clients, you become successful if you stay coachable. And we have a lot of fun doing this. We deal with companies that have one to 25 employees. That's our preference. We wander off that reservation from time to time, usually to do a little bigger company. And we enjoy this stuff and we have fun. And we've developed a system in our 20 years of coaching businesses. We develop a system that is simple. It allows you to have fun with it and Draw knowledge in a way that you can basically take this to the bank, literally. It's good stuff. And we we used to be on the radio. We had a show for about four years. And we moved that on to podcasts, the world of podcasts, which we now do. And we've incorporated our early radio show programs as well. So if you would like to learn about business problems that you've never learned anywhere else and have somebody to talk to, we're your, your, we're your, your guide, we're your coach. And what we do is try to pick a problem that we've coached or see often in the small business world, and we make a show out of it. So we have probably seen in the small business world everything there is to see. Honestly, any any anything that you know comes up, we've we've experienced. So what we'd like to do is take one of those problems, and it's one that we've done before. A number of ways we've touched on it. You know, does your business have a, a profit plan? Now, let me ask you a question. You're in business to make a profit. Is that correct? Of course it is. That's why you're there. Although it's hard to tell with some people, you know, but for the most part, most people have a business because they want to uh, make a profit. So with that profit plan, the next step is to convert 
that plan and the numbers in it into uh, cash flow. And with that cash flow problem, or problem with the cash flow problem solved, you're in Fat City as a business owner. Life is good. Well, do you have one? And it's surprising how many people don't. They don't have a profit plan to start driving their cash flow plan. There is a difference, and you got to learn that. Most people don't. They don't understand it. So I have somebody here sitting across from me who is very knowledgeable on that subject. And I know that firsthand. Adam Sunhalter, my my partner in coaching and uh, my good friend. So I'm going to let Adam take over and kind of talk about profit planning and how that flows into cash flow. So with that, Adam, tell these people they need a profit plan and you know how to do it. Right. Okay. Well, hi, welcome everybody to episode 373. So 373. As Jack said, we've been doing this show for over seven years now. We do a weekly podcast, and one of our favorite topics to cover is this whole profit plan. And so we have those things, that's th these questions that seem obvious, Jack. Hey, does your business have a plan to make money on purpose? That might seem like a strange question if you're not a business owner. Like If, if you're not a business owner, you, you almost assume well, every owner has a plan, Jack, don't they? We, we sure think that. Well, we don't think that way. We think it should be the case, but we know it's not the case. So I was recently talking to a, to, to a past client of ours who's now helping some people out doing some stuff, and, and, and he's asking for somebody's numbers. And they, they came in, and the, 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 the person gave him the internal numbers, Jack. He also gave him the, 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 the tax returns. And wouldn't you know it, the, 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 the tax returns said something different than the internal numbers, Jack. There's about a $50,000 difference between the two. Well, it turns out that the, the tax return wasn't done by a CPA, Jack. It was done by the owner. The, the, the owner did, you know, did, did their own taxes. And our past client was a little frustrated because he couldn't believe that the numbers would be that far off. And I started laughing. So what's so funny? I said, well, I said, Jack, I've been doing this a long time. And I said, we're surprised when the numbers aren't a mess when we first go in there. So what do you mean? I said, well, most times people are not doing some of this, what, what we would consider, or many on the outside would consider basic blocking and tackling when it comes to running a business. So having something as simple, Jack, as having a, a plan to make money on purpose seems like, well, of course they do. But we know, we know different. And that's part of what the reason for this show, Dirty Secrets of Small Businesses for to start to shine a light on some of these things, Jack, because we see it. We see it all the time. So, so most most business owners don't don't know if they're profitable or not. Most small business owners, they don't use the numbers to really guide the company and direct the company. It's always a surprise. Not always, but big, big percentage of people don't have it. So so we we coined that term profit plan because we hate the term budget. That's part mm. of what we used to kind of, because they may be reading the, the, the topic here and heard the topic. So what the heck's a profit plan, Jack? Well, it's a way to make money on purpose. And the, the budgets are no, a budget is not much fun for anybody. I mean, the, the, the next person I meet who likes to be put on a budget, Jack, will be the first person I meet that likes to be put on a budget. Nobody likes <laughs> to be, you know, it's constraining, it's tired, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. But profits, 
Ah, the almighty prophet, Jack. We like prophets. That's a that's an exciting, fun thing. So it, that's what we're talking about here today, is, is what does your prophet plan look like? So the first step in doing something like this, Jack, is we got to pick a goal for the year, don't we? Isn't that usually where we start? What's your goal going to be for sales and profits this year? A very simple question to ask. Yeah, it's often very difficult for somebody to answer. Sure. How the hell do I know? Yeah, it's it's far enough away. They, they, there's good reason, not good reasons. There's reasons that are always advanced to not create create a profit plan. Right. So much like you were saying before, Jack, that most <laughs> most companies, most owners, don't know if they're profitable or not. And if you ask them that question, because I think most people do not ask those questions, those very direct questions. And you see how they answer the question. So when we start with, okay, let's pick a goal. Let's pick our goals for the year. And again, come back to the whole dirty secrets thing. Most companies don't have this. They don't have a defined goal. It's written out and it's laid out and you, know, you, you can see it. So let's pick numbers. They pick those kind of those two goalposts, one being sales, the other being profit. So, hey, I want to have a million dollars in sales, Jack, and 200,000 in profit. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's our starting point. So we start there and put those put those goalposts in you know in the ground. So okay, now how am I going to get there? How am I going to get there? So what we'll suggest is we'll talk about the process of pulling together this 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 plan. And you have to have a couple of basic categories. One is going to be the sales forecast. The other one's the expense forecast. And then it's taking it from an annual basis and breaking it out by month. Those are the three kind of key components to any profit plan. So that top line, the sales, revenue, income, it's known by many different things, Jack. But let's let's stick with the with the term sales at this point. So our sales goal is a million dollars. Great. Well, how much of that million dollars can I see? Well, people often ask, well, what do you mean? I can't I can't see any of it, or I can't tell who's going to buy from me, Jack. Right. Well, depending where your business is, are you are you brand new, starting out? Well, yeah, the chances are you're going to be guessing a lot. But if you've been around for a few years, maybe you're you have a little more clarity, a little more predictability than you think about when it comes to your business. So, take a look at some of your historical sales. And one of the things to do is start to look at those and 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 look at prior customers, prior things that you've sold. You know, can you can you can you start to kind of forecast that out a little bit based on some trends you've seen? One of the most helpful things we will do with the starting point like this is start to look at and break the sales down into either products, different products or services that, that we offer or different customers that we serve. So let's give a simple example. If we talk about like, like a T-shirt shop, Jack, I think most people can, can relate to a T-shirt shop, a printing shop. Well, they likely have individuals as clients as well as companies as clients and not necessarily all clients are created equally but maybe sort of just look at that way okay what, what kind of sales do i think going are going to be going to individuals versus what's going to be going to corporations other companies right so you start to kind of you, you want to sort of kind of delve into it sort of analyze and look at your historical sales a little bit to see what can you see so if all of a sudden your historical sales have all been two hundred thousand dollars 
or less total, right? Well, I'm happy you've got a million dollar sales goal for this year, Jack, but I have no idea how you're going to get from $200,000 to a million. How are you going to increase your business fivefold this year? So when we start putting those, those stakes in the ground, it's, it's got to have a little bit of perspective in terms of what's the likelihood or you know, what's the possibility. It's good to have some stretch goals, but not stretching so far that it's not even possible. Or not even, you, know, you can't even fathom how you're going to get from point A to point B. So it starts with getting those, those sales, and it takes a while to forecast the sales, but it starts a little bit of analysis historically. Again, this is if you've had a company for a little while, start looking at where your sales have come from. Which products and services are most popular if you're offering multiple products or services? Which customers have been the best customers for you? Which have been the highest grossing in terms of the, the, the biggest sales dollars? But also when we define best, there's other things that are part of the best. Do they appreciate what you do? Do they pay their bills on time? But just starting to look and see, again, come back to how much of that million dollars can you see? And I can't. I can't think of any situation we've been involved in, Jack, in our 20 plus years together, where we've had a company that's been around for at least three or four or five years. We haven't been able to pull together a pretty decent forecast based on looking historically a little bit to start. To get a sense of, okay, here's what's possible. Or here's how to sort of kind of think about this a little bit and to be able to be able to forecast those numbers out, to be able to give you a little more detail than just kind of dropping a number into a spreadsheet. Uh, do, do you recall anybody who's who, who had that, Jack? I uh, have to go long and hard to come up with the zero. No, not zero, but pretty close to it. Right. No, they don't do it, generally speaking. Right, but in, in, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, if you have some historical stuff, we can usually pull stuff together. We, we, we can usually sort of kind of get that base of the forecast down based on, again, whatever those prior successes have been. So the, the, the fact that you've been in business for three or four or five or, or more years, that means you've had some success in selling your stuff to people. Now, whether you made a profit or not, we don't know yet, right? But you've at least been able to sell stuff to people, Jack. And the reason I, I, that we say we don't know if you made a profit yet or not, well, usually when you're starting out, you have some money on the side you're investing in the business. And that money is to fund some losses, some investment in the business where you aren't necessarily making profits yet. And so... A lot of times companies go out of business because they haven't made profits, right? So they just, they, they, they run out of that pile of investment they had to, 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 to be able to fund those losses. And that, that pile whittles away and is gone. Now all of a sudden the business is gone too. So, but if you've had some some sales, that's where it kind of starts to get, what kind of sales have we had to be able to kind of forecast it out? And a good chunk of time is going to be, it needs to be spent on the sales piece of it. And it shouldn't be, and it's it, it, as people go through this, I'm trying to think of the, the right word. It's not to say a burden or it's or, or it's bad. People get excited about this, Jack. We go through this process and they start digging in and and all of a sudden start to see their business, their services, their customers in ways that they hadn't seen them before. And that's part of the the magic of the profit planning process here. Is to start to analyze and step you know, step back and, you know, step up above the business a little bit and sort of, sort of see it in a whole different way. And if you start to put that plan together, keeping in mind that that plan we talked about, that, 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 you know, in this example, the, the, the million in sales and 200,000 in profit, that should be viewed as being an exciting thing for you. That, hey, if we achieve this plan, we're high five and left and right. You know, everybody's feeling great about stuff, right? 
So as you try to get a little more detail to make that plan happen, the sales is a is a, a key thing. And again, for folks who've been around for a bit, to start to really analyze where your past sales have come from, what's been good sales, what trends do you see? There's a lot of good stuff that's there. If you're just starting out, or chances are you have some some gap between your goal, your million dollar goal, and what you can kind of see from your, from your prior customers, you start looking at, Maybe you have some backlogs and people have, who, who, have, who have placed orders with you yet. You haven't fulfilled the orders yet. Or you have some quotes work, you know, quotes out there you, you know, for, for new work. And if you don't have much there, then the rest of it's going to fall down to the marketing plan, Jack. What's the marketing plan to help drive those sales? To help plug that gap between whatever you can see with your, your current and past customers and your goal for the year. How are we going to bridge that gap? We're going to bridge it through the marketing plan. So folks often don't do this because they aren't. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how to do it. Yeah, they, they aren't sure where to start. So we usually start very simply like that. With, okay, let's start looking at what do you have? What, is the, what does the information tell you based on what you've been doing? And what successes can we, can we identify from there? And what, what often happens is we go through there and start looking at it and start to identify interesting markets to go after ways we can adjust products or services or add additional products or services ways that we can sell more to our current customers ways we can adjust the pricing there's a lot of things that come out of this analysis to be able to kind of look at the sales piece of it but we need sales you know we, we need sales to start this whole thing because we don't have any sales coming in that just matters how big your pile is you're starting to kind of whittle down that you're that, that you're investing in the business to be able to fund losses which is not fun for anybody so you start getting some of the, 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 the insight to your to your sales piece. Once you go to the expense side, Jack, that should be the easy part. You spend a lot of time and effort kind of really drilling down on your on your sales piece and forecasting that out. The expense side usually is a little bit easier, but what we talked there about is it's getting it into two big buckets. First bucket being cost of goods sold, or COGS as it's often referred to, COGS, C-O-G-S. And then the second one is selling general administrative expenses, or SG&A. And if you go in and pull off your, your, your accounting system, chances are if you have expenses, most of the time what we see is just a list of expenses, alphabetical, starting with the A's, going through Z's. But if we can just very simply take those A to Z expenses and categorize them in, in one of those two buckets, cost of goods sold or SG&A. And the simplest way to think about that is the cost of goods sold is going to be some variable expenses tied to your sales. And the two biggest components are going to be labor and material. So coming back to our t-shirt shop. So you start selling more t-shirts, you're going to have more costs in terms of material for the t-shirts as well as labor to produce those. Produce those. If I have fewer sales, my cost of my labor and material goes down. So again, it's variable. It varies and goes along the same pattern that your sales do. The SG&A are more of those fixed costs. You know, things like rent, insurance, utilities. Things typically don't, don't vary much depending on your sales level. They're pretty much the same or they're going to be at a similar level, not necessarily impacted by your sales going from half a million to a million dollars. Rent, your rent. So one of the best places to start with that is just get those things categorized. If you start there, you'll start to get a little bit of a different view of the business too. Where I think I'm making money or price my, 
my product right, well, hey, if all of a sudden my my cost of goods sold is more than my sales, or it's pretty close to what my sales price is going to be. Okay. Just <clears throat> our price a little bit. But the expense side usually doesn't take as long, we find, versus the sales side of stuff. So getting those two, it's, you know, it sounds simple at a very high level. Okay. Get my sales, subtract my expenses, and then I, you know, it shows my profit. So coming back to our goals, right? We we had those initial goals we we, we laid out of a million dollars in sales and two hundred thousand in profit. Well, as I look at that, well, how how do we start doing it? As I started to kind of delve into it and I started to kind of forecast my sales out. Can, can I see all that million dollars? Or is nine hundred that million dollars relying upon a marketing plan that's gonna help bring things in, Jack? Do I have eight hundred thousand in expenses like I was forecasting to get my two hundred thousand in profit, or do I have a million two in expenses? All of a sudden, I'm losing two hundred thousand instead of making two hundred thousand, Jack. What is it showing? All right, so we we come back and look, and and so part of the part of the big part of the idea is to get that down to where I can see. I had my initial goals of a hundred of of a million in sales and two hundred thousand profit. Well, how did I do? As I'm pulling together the, the, those details. And if it's relatively close to that or it's on point, okay, we then take that angle and start to break it down into monthly buckets. How does that kind of spread across a 12-month period? But if I can't, if I can't get my plan to be somewhat close to what my goals are, I need to go revise the plan before I break it into monthly buckets. So if I got a plan to put a million in sales and two hundred thousand in losses, that's not a very exciting plan I want to go. Pull together and execute, Jack. Right? That's, that's no, no, no. It isn't. We want to do a different plan, right? <clears throat> so we can eventually get it broken down into monthly buckets to kind of show how that goes. And and the reason I bring up the monthly buckets is because there there are certain months you might lose money, and that's okay. It's okay to lose money in a month or a couple months during the course of the year. But what we don't want to do is lose money for the entire year. That helps give some perspective and what to expect, or if there's some seasonality in your business or some lumpiness to the business, you'd be able to see that when it gets spread out over, over the course of that 12-month period. So one of the things we often will, will remind people of too, Jack, is that the profit plan, the goal isn't to be right. Right. The fact that the only thing that we do know is that your profit plan is not going to be right. Because we don't have a crystal ball that tells everything that's going to happen. But the purpose isn't to be right. The purpose is to get our best thinking pulled together to say, how are we going to make these plans start to happen? And highlight areas that I can influence and start to make make it a reality. To go from a plan and an idea, it all of a sudden becomes reality. So it's getting that kind of pulled together. And so people... Like you said, Jack, I, I've spent 15 minutes talking about a profit plan. Yeah, most people don't do that, but they'll do, you mentioned the cash forecast, which is different. Related, but different. So how are we gonna get our how are we gonna get our cash? That's what I want to know. Well, so the forecast helps to be able to kind of show those two. So my, my starting cash, and most people are tracking that. People have a good sense. If you ask them if, if their business made money last year or not, they may not know, Jack. But if you ask them what their the, the balance in the bank account is today, they probably know that. Or who owes them a bunch of money? They start looking at their accounts receivable. So I have some some customers that are, that are a little bit long in the tooth that you know have done stuff. Now, what's your account payable look like in terms of people that you owe money to? 
How's that kind of look? And so the cash flow forecast brings things together, but there's a, there's a, there's a gap between profit and cash, Jack. Is that, what you, is that what you want to kind of delve into, how, how there's a profit? Yeah, because I, I make all these profits and, and I look at my cash balance and it's lower than my profits. Where's all my cash going? Where is, it, is it going down the sewer or is it going, where is it going? Not going in my pocket. Right. Depends. So could be a couple <laughs> of those key places. Number one could be um, inventory, let's say. If you, if you have a, an inventory heavy business, you got to put stuff on the shelves to be able to sell it or keep it in stock for, you know, be able to supply your customers. A lot of that profit dollars might be sitting on the shelf where you invested <clears throat> inventory. One of the more popular places, Jack, I would say, when it comes to small businesses, is a debt service. That's a fancy term for paying off some of your loans. So when we pay off our loans, whether it be loans for the business, loans for a vehicle or equipment, um, you certainly notice that in your cash, don't you, Jack? You see your cash balance go down when you're paying those bills. Sure do. That's right. But if you go look at your, your P&L, where your profit is, you aren't going to see that debt pay down anywhere. All right, you don't see that. You see interest expense if you're paying interest, but you don't see any debt pay down because that doesn't. That's not an expense. It's not an expense. Yeah, you know, again, it's money that you've spent, but again, it's it's not viewed as it's not viewed as an expense. So you'll have some cash drains where cash cash comes out. You may also have receivables. We mentioned some of those those, those I would say bad customers or ones that are kind of holding you hostage, but also. If I got 100,000 receivables sitting in my balance sheet of people that owe me money. Well, those are people that you had sales to come back to our P&L. We had sales for those people. We had expenses for, for those, right? We had expenses to produce the product or service and, and deliver it and everything else. So it's showing on our P&L the sale and the expense as profit or, or a loss, right? But it's not, it hasn't hit my bank account yet, Jack. It's on the balance sheet. Instead of being at the top there in my cash, my savings, my checking account, it's down a little bit lower in that account receivable number, kind of hiding out there. So we know a lot of us have been through that that very discussion with their with, with their accountants. Hey, what a wonderful year, Jack. Great job. You got wonderful profits. And oh, yeah, here's your tax bill. And you as the owner look at the tax bill going, well, the tax bill is more than I got in the bank right now. Where's the rest of that stuff? Before my tax bill, right? You know, that's to your point, Jack. Those different places might be hiding along in the weeds, so to speak. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yes. That's all I'm going to say is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who knows where that cash is? Somebody stole it. Somebody, somebody took more than they needed. The bank, the bank is uh, giving money away that they shouldn't have. No. <laughs> well, people try to get access to your account. Usually, you get, you get aware, you you get notifications of that stuff. But yeah, maybe <laughs> it, it, you know, it could be. <clears throat> but yeah, we're talking about the the, the profit plan again. You're you're throwing a little sidebar in there in terms of profit versus cash and. That's a that's a bigger item to cover and maybe a different topic or a different show, but we kind of give a little give a little peek at that, Jack, what the difference is. <clears throat> Profit plan, as I was saying before, it's not going to be right. So don't let that deter you. Like, oh, I have to make sure it's right. It's, it's your best thinking. 
to make sure that you can turn that into a reality. And it's, it's never too late, Jack, is it, to pull together a profit plan? That's right. Now, <laughs> if I do a profit plan in June, my first five months are going to be pretty good. I got a pretty good idea what January through May look like, don't I? So Yeah, it should be, right? I should I should know. I should forecast <laughs> that pretty well since it's past numbers. Right. And if and if I'm you know most of the way down with June already, well I have a pretty good idea where June's gonna come out. So now I don't have to forecast six months, Jack. I got six I got six in the bag, I got six okay, well hey. But that's okay. It's okay to you know part of the idea and a lot of stuff that we do with with our coaching is getting some of these things started. Getting that, getting those wheels cranked. So if you go through that process for the first time, I'm only forecasting out for six months. Okay, well, when I come back towards the end of the year, I'm going to forecast now for the entire year. It's a little bit easier because I've been through it once. So like anything else, like once you go through it a couple of times, it becomes much easier. But also it's something you start to look forward to. You look forward to pulling together your profit plan and say, well, how are we going to make money next year? That so we have to. It's a hard time convincing our clients sometimes that when we first start with them. <laughs> that that forecast isn't worthwhile. It isn't worth anything because it's a forecast. Right. You understand how to use it, how to use its power. That's right. And it's again, but I think a lot of that comes to that, that mentality of wanting to, or feeling a need to be right versus, hey, it's a guide. It's a guide for what we're trying to do. It's a guide for helping us make decisions on things like, well, if I'm going to hire somebody, you know, when can I afford to hire somebody? So it's giving us some visibility in those kind of things, right? Uh, but if we don't have it, and many companies don't, Jack, and so they still operate, they make things happen, but the stress levels are often very different for an owner of a company with a profit plan in place versus one that doesn't. It gives, whether it might be a false sense or not, Jack, of control, but it certainly gives you a sense of control of your business of knowing what the key things are going to be, of being able to reinforce that. Picture, picture this process, and this is often very foreign to people, Jack. One of the things that we'll encourage is you're looking at those prior customers is to reach out to them and talk to them about what you've discovered. Hey, Jack, I noticed you spent 50 grand a year in the last three years on average with us you know, for buying you know, ABC products and services, and I'm curious what your plan is for this year. As we're pulling together our plan for the year, I'm curious what your plan is for this year. A picture calling Jack and getting Jack's commitment. Say, hey, you know what? Actually, we're going to double for next year, right? Or we're not going to do anything next year. Whatever it might be, I now talk to my customers to see what their plans are. And usually they're happy to talk to me about it, Jack, right? They're, they're, they're fine to talk, but they don't know. They may not be in a planning mode either. But to be able to reach out to them and, and, and know, hey, I've talked to these customers. I know the, these sales are good. This is what the plans are. You know, the, the, there's no... Boogeyman hiding in the corner are going to you know take that customer away because we, 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 we've talked to them. So when I say helps to create some of that confidence, a big part comes from just knowing, hey, here, here are my numbers. Here, here's what they look like. Here's how we're going to make it happen. Here's what's going to become a reality. It's not just a exercise of playing in Excel and putting numbers into a spreadsheet, Jack. It's based on real things that are going to start to kind of happen. It starts to take on a life of its own. And it becomes very energizing starting with the owner, but just start to energize the entire company, start to give them some focus and some goals. Goals are goals are a good thing from that standpoint. But goals without a plan, <clears throat> what is that, a dream? 
running a business without a plan. How can you do it effectively? You can't. Yeah. Measuring yourself against that plan is extremely important, obviously. <laughs> right. So, does your business have a profit plan? If not, no better time than the present to get it going right now. If you're listening to this podcast, go back and review it a little bit, start kind of digging in. If you have some questions, you can always reach out to us. But before I get to that part, Jack, are there any other final parting words you wanted to leave with the audience on the profit plan and pulling one together? I've owned companies, small businesses, started them and, and bought them, bought troubled companies. And I cannot imagine running a company successfully without having a profit plan. It's pure luck if you do make profits without a plan. Whereas if you have a plan, it's going to keep you out of trouble. I'm talking financial trouble. Uh, where most companies in this country, millions of them, every year fail after maybe a year or two of starting out because they don't understand business. They especially don't understand cash flow. And a profit plan, as Adam said, is like a budget, but not called that because a budget sucks. But making profits doesn't suck. Making profits are fun. It's fun to be able to look at the report and hit that report. You're accurate. You're on. You just got lucky from that standpoint. And you see a nice profit there. It makes you feel good. Take your uh, your your partner out to dinner and you celebrate in a, in a way that's commensurate with the fact that you're getting smarter and better and your company is doing better because you understand cash flow. And if you develop a good profit plan, you're going to get the cash flow that you want. So, yeah, it's important, Adam. <laughs> Yes, and so for those of you who are a little stressed out and haven't been doing it, this is one of the ways to kind of do that. And it'll put you in the minority. That's a good minority to be in. The minority of the folks that are pulling together profit plans, helping to execute them, helping to refine them every year. And so as you're going through that, if you know, as we mentioned here at the outset, this is episode 373. We've got 372 other episodes. But if you're listening to, to this show and you, you have some questions, some, some ideas, some, some further thoughts or feedback you'd, you'd like to give or questions you'd like us to answer for you, uh, please feel free to reach out. You can you can email us at radioaximumvp.com. You can also give us a call at 330-849-0670. I'll be happy to answer any questions for you directly or doing like we did today, put together a show for it that, uh, that covers that topic. Uh, as I mentioned, you can get all of our episodes at our website, Dirty Secrets of Small And if you go to that site, you'll notice a tab that says episodes. Click on that and you'll see a search bar. And type in whatever topic or question you've got, and it'll feed back to you every show we've done on that topic. If, again, if, if things don't suit your fancy or there's a question you have that we haven't answered, you can you can you can reach out to us to get to be able to get those things answered. You can get all the old episodes, the other 372 episodes are there as well. You can also go to your favorite podcast player, iHeart, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And we drop a new episode usually every Thursday morning. It'll be delivered right there to your smart smart device, and you, you can get all the old episodes uh, there as well. So that's our show for you this week. We appreciate your listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>